Welcome to MTG Evolving Wild. I'm Mark. I'm, I'm Cody. I am Ron. You, you guys certainly are. Um, <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about uh, universes beyond within Magic the Gathering, what it means, what it is, the pros and cons of it maybe moving forward, and uh, what we think it's going to look like just going forward. Yeah, yeah. for real. Um, but... I think we should probably explain to some people who don't know, or maybe to clarify what we're talking about, what constitutes a universe beyond product. So universes beyond as it's defined on the Wikipedia pages, a series that combines the gameplay of magic, the gathering with worlds, characters and stories of other independent, I'm sorry, intellectual properties. I even parenthesized that in the notes. I'm like, what does <laughs> nice. IP stand for? But, uh, <laughs> intellectual properties. So basically, um, stuff beyond uh, what Wizards of the Coast owns, just like uh, Street Fighter has been an example, Doctor Who's coming up. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Upcoming Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. A lot of exciting kind of crossover uh event kind of stuff like that yeah and i think we uh talked about it in previous episodes but now we're kind of gonna go a little bit more into it yeah um it kind of the it's kind of hard to say exactly where it started but i think a lot of people would say like the first stepping point towards the the universes beyond kind of system was uh the unique uh godzilla cards in uh ikoria and those were originally just reskins of cards that already existed in the set, but as characters from the like Godzilla universe. What's funny is I feel like you never actually see the um, creatures that they're replacing, reskinning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always see the Godzilla ones, like. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, there's kind of a a I this weird thing that happened where I think whatever card is like the gruel Godzilla card, um, that was never actually like the original version of that card was never actually printed in paper. It was like only printed as Godzilla. And then it has like the name underneath, but the, that named card was never physically printed. It's in MTG Arena, though. Yeah, it's yeah. in Arena, and I think the first time we actually see a paper printing of it is in the new set on the back of the, one of the battles. Really? What? Yeah, it says uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's Zalortha, Strength Incarnate. Yeah, Zalortha, Strength Incarnate, as far as I know, has, hasn't been printed yet. No, it, it's but it, Zalortha has been printed um, oh. on the back of Invasion of Ikoria, oh. I want to say. Oh, that's right. Hmm. That's actually pretty cool. I didn't realize that. Is that... Yeah, but the, you know, it's a battle, so no one really cares about the backside. We only care about the front side the effect front when it comes in. A really good tutor, so yeah. The backside is, is. Uh, Zalortha Apex of Icoria. Yeah, okay. That so they they did print a Zalortha, but it wasn't the original Godzilla one. And I don't know if we'll ever see a reprint of that, or that's just a weird point in time where they did that and then moved on. Um, but where I guess officially it's claimed that uh, universes beyond started was. Uh, the secret lair walking dead uh to those that don't know a secret lair is basically um 
a product that Wizards of the Coast will sell from their own website that they print to order and is only available for a limited time. Is there anything I'm missing kind of on those details? They have. I mean, uh, I know recently, um, especially after the controversy with the commander decks that happened that we'll get into later, they are starting to pre-print things as well oh, and kind of okay. doing a second run after, de- depending on what demand calls for. Okay, that's, that's good. Um, I, I think that's definitely a step in a better direction rather than print to order. Um, but there are more controversies. Yeah. Secret yeah. Lair. <laughs> secret layers are a whole can of worms, which we may or may not get into more in this episode. But the first official universes beyond product was, uh, the secret layer walking dead. Um, I think it's a really interesting point in time because that's right when I was starting to get into magic and it was one of the main talking points on, uh, kind of the internet at the time about, maybe why people are starting to get out of magic because um, this product uh, was completely, I think for the first time, completely unique cards printed into secret layers that were um, not planning on getting any kind of reprint or any kind of guarantee on any kind of reprint. It was like, this is happening right now, print to demand, and if you can't get it in time, you don't get your order in in time or you don't get it shipped to you or you need a playset or something like these are going to be really hard to track down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of controversy about that. A lot of um, just just people not wanting to to support Wizards of the Coast. And as a result, like it was one of the things that slowed me down. Like I still ended up getting into magic, but it was one of the things where I was like, all right, maybe I take a step back from this and don't like impulse buy something right now because this is pretty serious. Um, But yeah, so they've gone on after the fact to say that they uh, have wanted to retroactively print these cards in Wizards of the Coast's own intellectual properties um, right. I mean, which they've done with other secret layers yes. in the future, but with this one, yeah, we still have yet to see a lot of these cards, and some of which actually go fantastic in a lot of really popular uh, mm-hmm. deck archetypes and playstyles. And because of the fact that there's, you know, there's no guarantee on where or when they'll be printed next. Some of these cards are at like forty dollars, and. Uh, I, I don't know exact prices on all of them, but they're... They're very expensive. They're yeah. more expensive than they need to be, is the bottom line. Um, right, right. But, yeah, so the that secret lair was widely pretty much hated. Like, I don't think anyone was a big fan of it. I, the- I don't know that it was hated to the scale of Magic's 30th anniversary. Okay, okay, but- that's fair. Um, yeah, <laughs> but there it was definitely a lot of backlash in the yeah. community from it. Um, and yeah, yeah. so as a, oh, what were we going to say? Sorry, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I had a really interesting first experience with the Walking Dead secret lair. Like, I don't know if you remember that group we played with a long time ago with my friend Brandon, with the Slivers guy. And mm-hmm. anyway, so I went there a little while before and the host uh, ended up... Uh, he basically showed me the secret lair and everything. And I had no idea what a secret lair was at the time. It was probably like my second or third time playing commander ever. 
And I kind of saw it. And honestly, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. I didn't really think about the context of it, about mm-hmm. how these are going to be super desirable pieces or moderately desirable pieces that are not going to be accessible to the vast majority of the players. But, you know, from an outsider looking, I'm like, cool, Mm -hmm. this is like an accessible point, another cool access point. Because I think we talked about how D&D got me into Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like, maybe not with just a secret lair, but uh, something about universes beyond and even with The Walking Dead, maybe people can see their favorite characters as cards and maybe say, oh, that's cool. What's this whole game about? Exactly. And something that uh, is kind of an important distinction to make between uh, what happened with the Godzilla cards in Ikoria and with the Walking Dead secret lair is that um, the Ikoria Godzilla cards were reskins of other cards, given you could still just like get them in regular booster packs. So it's not like they were limited run. But if this Walking Dead secret lair were reskins of cards that you could get anyways um i don't think anyone would have a problem with it because it would just be like a cool art treatment of like you know your favorite characters on magic cards and you know of course that um that i think is a really exciting idea just getting to um have crossovers like that and get to have your favorite characters that like it's it almost feels like Super Smash Bros. Where yeah. it's like you know your your favorite character from this video game that you played as a kid or something is now a playable character in Smash Bros. And it's like that's so awesome. It, it's a sim. It has the potential to be just like that. But the fact that this release was um, like a run that was so. I mean. T- after it was done, it was done. Like there's no one can just go and like buy a new pack of it because it was print to order kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, that was the the first thing that was considered universes beyond. Um, moving forward from that, they did uh, Stranger Things universes beyond, um, and this is kind of where they started implementing, like actually implementing the universes within kind of policy which is making reprints of the cards in a set around six months after the secret lair um i want to say that it was like it three months after the secret lair came out like it was available in like the very next um corset yeah corset that came out like i think it came out sometime around kamigawa and by Nuka Pena, you had uh, list cards that were right. the universes within equivalent of um, the Stranger Things secret layer. Yeah, the Stranger Things secret layer universes within cards were in uh, Nuka Pena yeah. on, in the list slot of set boosters. Right. And, the, and going further still, because like you can still pull them. I think oh, is they're that... still in the list. I think. Okay, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. I didn't but, know. Yeah. That. Either way, you know they're re-releasing the secret lair exclusive cards with um, in-game counterparts. In, sorry, like like or in universe in universe counterparts. counterparts, which is obviously a great thing because if any of these cards like uh, happen to, I don't know some new card comes out that's like the perfect synergy between that and something else and all of a sudden they're like a hundred dollars a card like they have the option to reprint these cards whenever they want with their uh you you know uh their own intellectual properties instead of having to like 
try to make some kind of thing work with uh, other people's intellectual properties and getting that all figured out. Right. Um, so that was a, I think a big positive once they implemented that policy of like creating the, um, universes within IPs. Um, and then after that, there was secret layer arcane. Um, that one was, uh, exclusively reskins of cards, which again, I don't think anyone has a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just alternate arts, alternate arts. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and I believe in those cases, they have the names of the actual cards underneath the names of the reskins. Kind of like what happened with Godzilla. Yeah. With Zalortha. Yeah. But these cards actually existed in paper. Yeah. And I watched Arcane. I really liked that show. I don't play any League of Legends, really, but that show was <laughs> awesome. The show was really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen it, um, so it didn't really speak much to me. But uh, I, I didn't really like the... The secret. This is like a personal opinion. I didn't really like the secret lair because even though I liked the show, a lot of the cards they chose to use were more. Um, I get, like they weren't legendary creatures, so it wasn't like you were getting to play with your favorite characters. It was like no, but they reprinted Ristic Study in it, which <laughs> yeah, like they, they, was they, a they, big they, deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know because I haven't seen the show, but maybe is it depict? It seems like it's depicting like key moments that happened in the show. Like there's Path to Exile, and you know it has all the flavor text. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. It, it it's a lot of key moments, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Know, Maybe it just didn't resonate with me. But yeah, these was, are kind of just good uh, cards. Yeah, no, it was a it great was good reason. cards with a reskin for Arcane. Like that was. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that at all. I just like personally don't think it stood out to me. But... Round two, seize the day. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, then after that, they did uh, the secret lair for Street Fighter. Ooh, uh, that got me excited. Yes, I, I've been a Street Fighter fan for a while, and this was my first time where I'm like. Oh, sweet. Like, they're doing an, an IP that I care about. <laughs> yeah. So Besides D&D, of course. So you did get the secret layer. Yes, sir. Um, so just curious, because they did also do a Universes Within, um, like, redo uh, for it for the list that came out, I want to say, like, two or three sets ago. Something like um, that. Do you Somewhere know, like, what the timeline was on that, or? Um, I don't off the top of my head. Um, we do have one of the cards with us. Yeah, we have, uh, well, it doesn't say what the original card was the, on The original it. card was Blanca. Okay. I, that I remember, because he's the gruel guy. Yeah, we have the Howling Abomination. It has the little star symbol on it. So we don't know. I don't think we know uh, what set it's from, which uh, is really convenient. It, it, <laughs> or maybe that means it, it's it from came the out in all will be one. Uh, all I do will know, be one. yeah, because I got oh, okay. I, I got one of those as well. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, that sounds correct. But so what? Uh, the secret lair. Let's do. You, I don't remember exactly let's when see. the Street Fighter secret lair was out. Let me uh, look it up. Sure. sure. But I remember when I first uh, got it. I. I was super excited because, you know, it, it felt like, yeah, you know, I was already into the game because of the D&D sets. And now this was kind of like the first time where I was specifically like, well, you know what? The cards mechanically, I didn't really care about them. I think they did pretty niche things and you could build good and powerful decks around each of them. But they didn't feel like cards that went in the 99 of any so, of my personal decks. I'm not exactly sure when the 
like when they got delivered, but uh, it looks it took like a while. so February super drop 2022. So it would have been early 2022 that they released the secret layer on their secret layer website. And I, I, I think I might've gotten it a month or two after that. Not okay. as bad as the commander deck. But yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, Oh yeah. And then there was a commander deck, but okay. that's, that's a whole other, whole other thing. thing. <laughs> but yeah. So, so a couple months after you ordered it, you got it. And then they released, uh, these, uh, universes within versions of the cards, maybe three, Looks like a year later. No way. Fe- February 22 for street fighter. Uh huh. Um, we got it in one, which came out in like February. I want to say, huh? Maybe it was a whole year. Wow. Well, I mean, regardless, it, it got the yeah, reprint. February, that February it, yeah. 10th, 2023. Ultimately, we got the the reprint of it, even if it was a little bit behind. Like, I think it's good that they um, that they had that. Like, and. Obviously, you'd like them to be a little quicker with those reprints, but um, it's good that they're available now. Just happy like, that they're reprinted at all, exactly. honestly. Yeah. And, exactly. And the, and the interesting thing is that, you know, the reprints, they're pretty dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. They reprint them all the time. As I said, they don't do anything particularly crazy or broken. Um, and yeah, and I'm, and I'm really happy that I have the secret layer that yeah. I do, even if the cards themselves, I'm not, honestly, I don't have them in any decks or anything. I kind of right. just have them to look at mm-hmm. and eventually I may want to build their own little format within each other. But, uh, seriously, I, I think that it's a really healthy, uh, thing that they're doing. With yeah. Them. Yeah. I, I think with street fighter, they, they kind of nailed that one as well. Um, this next one, I'm actually extremely disappointed that I missed. I think I missed it by <laughs> a day or two. Uh, there was the Secret Lair Fortnite, and that uh. was exclusively reskins <laughs> of a bunch of cards that I really wanted, especially Battle Royale, which yeah. is Triumph of the Hordes. Yeah, because um, it's toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love Fortnite. I... I love it so much. It's so ridiculous. And I feel like it kind of fills that same kind of space where it's like, I want to play with like this character that I know from a different IP that I just like playing like the Witcher or like doom guy. And like, (laughs) I just get to like run around the map and like do silly stuff. And, um, yeah, I love Fortnite. I missed this by a couple days. This is the only secret layer, uh, that I definitely would have, gotten and ordered but i just uh i missed it by a few days you know i I have a question what okay so if wizards of the coast can get the right to use fortnite and all their things can they use all the other ips attached so we can get secret lair fortnite witcher dude i wish darth vader but (laughs) secret lair fortnite goku i don't (laughs) i don't know if like this we've already been able to connect the dots but now that there's like Fortnite Magic the Gathering cards, I think there's probably a connection to connect like Jace to like oh uh, easily to Batman, but like probably Jace to like SpongeBob if you like do enough like <laughs> connections and stuff like that. Like SpongeBob would multimedia be Jace web. SpongeBob probably would be Jace. I'm waiting for a SpongeBob secret lair. I'd I'd shell out tons oh for that. When, when are we getting Chandra in Fortnite? Chandra in <laughs> Fortnite. I know that's the other thing we're waiting on, but I don't know if that crossover is ever going to happen. So um, 
the next uh, secret lair, and this is where uh, things change quite a bit, is the Warhammer 40k one. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten to play with any of the commander decks. They released four commander decks uh, with a total of 168 mechanically unique cards, and as well as like reskins of older cards. Um, and these mechanically unique cards are not being reprinted in a universes within uh, product, at least doesn't have, there's no official plans to do so. It's just, uh, and I think that's a little, I mean, it, it might be a, okay because, you know, you could still potentially go out and buy like a Warhammer Commander deck. Um, but yeah, 168 completely new cards that don't have uh, universes within counterparts. So may or may not be reprinted depending on what happens. Um, I will say, I mean, they've been out for uh, quite a few months now, mm-hmm. and they're still readily available at the local game stores around us. Um, they're admittedly slightly more expensive yeah. than when they first came out, but it's nothing egregious. Yeah, you can still get them. Right now, it's not like the too big of a deal, and uh, you know, it's not like every uh, every one of those 168 mechanically unique cards are like extremely expensive, but. There are some that are starting to creep up in the 20-ish dollar range and will only keep going higher as the cards don't get reprinted. Well, I think like everything else in Magic, you know, because you can look at some of the core sets, you can, Mm. you know, there's expensive cards all over Mm. um, that don't always see reprints to drive the price down. Mm -hmm. Um, So... You know, like, I think we'll see uh, universes within reskin on these uh, mechanically unique cards at some point in time because it just makes sense for wizards to, you know, like, put these back out there so that you can keep, you know, inventory and price high and, you know, Mm. like, it's going to drive people to buy, you know, certain products because oh, I can get this uh, card in that product. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, you know, it, we would really be missing out if those cards weren't reprinted because, uh, you know, Cody and I did get to play in a game of... Mm, so this. much fun. It was a great time. Yeah, it, everything felt so flavor accurate, like uh, from all the new cards to the reprints, everything just felt so lore-friendly and, and it was just a fun game. Yeah, and they were all really well-balanced with each other. Like, there was no deck that was clearly head and shoulders above the other ones at the table. Imperium of Man was pretty great. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, like, you were kind of really grinding out the value until you hit a couple top decks that just set you over the top. It was a fantastic win that I love to talk about. (laughs) You know, um... The Chaos Marines, you know, like, had a chance to do their things, were very threatening. You know, the Tyranids got huge and massive. The Necrons were, you know, doing Necron-y things. Yeah, they were were dying and being evil and and causing other things to die. But, man, that that was crazy when I had that one card. uh, What There was a 36-36 Tyranid attacking me for lethal damage. I had no board. I had one instant in my hand that makes a target player sacrifice an attacking creature they control. And I make 
X one one soldiers where X is its power. And I he had that one creature. I had this big board state now. He had nothing. And then I top decked a miracle card that was a big X spell that let me make a whole bunch of flying. I think they were Adeptus Sororitas. Oh, so nice. it, it just felt like such a flavor win of like the guard, the Astro Militarum just coming in just for the rescue and then getting backed up by the like sisters, man. Right. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's awesome. I think that there's like people who play Warhammer that can, you know, get into this game and like really see the characters they're familiar with represented um, in Magic the Gathering and then, you know, vice versa, like Magic the Gathering players might identify with like a certain uh, group or faction or card that they like didn't know about in Warhammer and uh, kind of explore that a little more. Um, so, I, you know, the fact that the gameplay was great and everything was really balanced and really awesome is such a cool thing. Um, and the fact that they're doing it at all is awesome. The problem really is, is the uh you know logistics of of what could happen or that's the cons- or belief by some is that the the whatever happens in the future like if there needs to be a reprint it might be difficult to do so a couple more things worth mentioning about it is that um there are unique creature types uh that are also under the ip like astartes um Nec- uh, necron type tyranids yeah those are going to be changed if they ever reprint anything from this set to a different thing altogether, mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see what they come up with. So, so, so does this mean, uh, I don't know if this is a question we're going to talk about later, but would this mean that they are mechanically different cards for the purposes of singleton formats like Commander? No. And oh, here's man. here's the fun part, which I think we I, I just kind of realized this and want to talk a little about it more later on. Um, let's say, you know, I have a deck, a, a, a mono white bird deck, and I, I think this is a great time to bring my mono white bird deck up. Every time. Yeah, um, a great time I know. to bring up the birds. <laughs> also, don't let Mark lie on the pod. It is not a mono white bird deck. It is a mono white landfall deck. There are two cards that say landfall. <laughs> But aren't they, aren't they like birds or something? Yeah, yeah, one of the cards is like whenever a land enters, you make a bird. So <laughs> I suppose that's landfall, making birds. It's birdfall. Birdfall. <laughs> so in that deck, I have a bunch of anthems or a bunch of like cards that say give whatever type of creature plus one plus one. Some of those cards require you to specify a creature type. So I'm I'm seeing a world where there's a person playing with whatever Astartes card and then they have a reprint of a different Astartes card but it's called I don't know tough guy and (laughs) I don't know tough guy like yeah I don't know tough guy is the creature type (laughs) and the creature type that's chosen to give everything plus one plus one is Astartes let's say sure now it's like okay I'm playing a tough guy card and that tough guy has plus one plus one but wait like what how is that it, it makes weird logistical rules things potentially yeah they're, they're very niche but they're possible to yeah come up. yeah but I mean 
there's things that are like more common in magic that we still have to look up, especially in a eternal format, you know, right. that, you know, cause cards were never meant to interact with each other in that way. Cause you know, they're multiple sets apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like there's things that we have to look up anyway, you know, it's not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then another thing about Warhammer 40 K is that, there were additionally three secret layers uh, related to Warhammer under that IP that are exclusively reskins, so not too much drama there. Just like I really don't think that there's any drama. Yeah, with the, the reskins, the reskins yeah. are same, same points as Arcane, you know. Except yeah. this time, instead of depicting like key moments in the story or something, you did get to see a lot of cool legendary of creatures. creatures. Yeah, like uh, it was like Nazgul, who uh, was uh, another guy like, like Zergo Helm Smasher like yeah. that could not have been more perfect mm-hmm. or more fitting Najila right. got one I Nage- wanna... yeah Najila got I think it was like Warhammer uh, Fantasy or Age of Sigmar I'm not too much into that so but it was still a really much. cool reprint yes um, okay so following Warhammer uh, they had Transformers which was Universes Beyond and this one was interesting to me because I think uh well, for one, since Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, this one probably wouldn't be the hardest one to get reprinted if they absolutely needed to reprint one of these cards. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 15... So this is kind of... It's closer to the Ikoria thing that happened, where they just had these cards found in uh, boosters of a product that you can you know, kind of just get off the shelves. I don't have as big of an issue with that, because it's just like you know, easily accessible to get your hands on, like, uh, whichever one of these uh, Transformers you want. Some of them aren't too expensive. Again, some of them you can pull in packs. It's kind of more closely related to how regular magic cards are are expensive or non-expensive, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting point uh, that, you know, this isn't technically the first time we've seen Transformers in Magic because there were the silver-bordered cards. Oh, uh, there uh. was the silver-bordered Optimus Prime, and I believe the other one was uh, the T-Rex guy. I'm for, how am I? For, uh, Grimlock. Yeah, mm. the boy. He's awesome. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Th- those were funny because they also flipped, but it literally said as part of the casting cost, you literally had to transform a Transformers toy you own into its other position to get it off uh, so, <laughs> That's I, so cool. <laughs> it's it's cool but those cards are are really expensive now and mm. i don't know it, it's just interesting that you get to see it like for real this time <laughs> yeah yeah and you get actually you don't have to do anything you don't have to rule zero anything in you can just play with like transformers cards in the command zone or like yeah, on the and, like and stand well and I, not in standard but yeah and i think those silver border cards were either like given to employees or it was mm-hmm. only at a convention or yeah something exclusive these are more readily available in addition three secret layers that are exclusively reskins very cool very cool um a couple more here there's the dungeons and dragons movie secret layer which i think just stopped taking orders like a week ago like a mm. uh, couple weeks ago, I think. A couple weeks ago. I remember we were talking about it because you're I on the brink of. It. Yeah. Because I, I mentioned that I've been building a Dungeons and Dragons uh, sort of set cube, and I was not sure whether I want to mm. include these in there or not. But ultimately, I decided not to for, um, you know, reasons just because, like, I'm like, do I really need these cards? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's so 
Wizards of the Coast also owns D&D, so it's not an issue of the actual, like, uh, IP as much as it is an issue of the actors portrayed. Yes. So that's why it would still kind of, I think, be classified under Universes Beyond. And I'm curious to see what they do with this one because they i think they i don't know if they've announced or not if they're planning on making reprints for it i i think it would be a very likely candidate i mean worst case scenario they could always do it where they did like the dominaria stained glass treatment or true you know like some way where they're you know able to you know do more of like a rough Mm-hmm. sketching of the character yeah right um, then like using the uh, actor's likeness again yeah yeah and maybe that could be it but also i don't know these cards mechanically speaking were just not particularly powerful there was one really niche uh card which was i believe zank uh the mm-hmm. paladin on uh, that i know mark was uh, talking about that he really wants for his light pause yes yes it looks so good <laughs> I mean, some for of them looked cool to build around um the bard looked yeah the bard cool. was was basically a dream devourer but a legendary creature in red blue instead of uh black, black. yeah that was that was super cool uh but ultimately you know these are what they are pretty niche sort of cards that really i think they still should be reprinted but even if they don't um it's kind of not the end of the world it's mm. not like as i don't think they're as mechanically powerful or unique as the secret uh, as the walking dead secret lair was I, I think wizards really learned from the walking dead in the sense that they kind of pushed those cards a little hard yeah. uh, in terms of like their power level and they've kind of walked it back on a lot of the new stuff that's mechanically unique and you know, like, I can't think of any card in um, uh, the Warhammer set that's that pushed. You know, like, there's good stuff, I, but there's not anything that's like, oh my god, this thing is so crazy busted. I think uh, you might be surprised. There are some very powerful cards, like that one, uh, the Custodes Guard. Uh, I don't mm. remember what the card name is, but it, it has Flash, and it just gives commanders you control protection from everything. Uh, that's very specifically made for a commander, powerful mm. for commander. Again, there are technically more mana-efficient effects, so I don't think it'll see play in like competitive uh, mm-hmm. commander or something, but still, it's like that could be a very accessible card to a lot of people um but there's, you know, it there's may a lot of now. good card but it you know is niche as you were saying. there's a lot know. of mechanically unique design space that they've i feel like gone in with these universes uh beyond unique cards that they're making and uh i think you know that's just relevant because those cards if they're not sought after right now they might be sought after five years down the line when it's like, oh, this other card just dropped and it's a two-card combo. and uh, Like with the Red Terror. Yeah, like with the Red Terror. We didn't even have to wait that long. but Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It, red Terror plus All Will Be One equals win the game. Well, yep. Wasn't there also Red Terror plus uh, one of the new like commanders from... I think it was like Shalai and Halar. Sh- that's Shalai and Shalai and Halar. Um, but yeah, so... That's, I think, up to the universes beyond things that have been released so far. There are a few uh, universes beyond things that are coming very soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the Lord of the Rings set coming. Looks awesome. I'm really excited for it. 
I think uh, it's cool. I like Lord of the Rings. Not, uh, you know, I'm just a movies fan. I haven't mm-hmm. really read the books, but yeah, looks cool. Um, it is a modern set, and I, from the leaks we've been seeing, um, I've definitely been seeing some cards that are like, okay, this is going to be a staple in just about every deck that can run it in that new halfling that they uh, announced. Mm. Oh, that thing is pushed. Wait, what was it? Oh God, it's I think joyous half uh, a joyous hobbit or something like that. It, it's a one mana creature. Um, taps for one mana of any color, and it can only be used to cast a legendary creature. And wait, what? And the legendary creature, and the spell becomes uncounterable. What? Yep. Okay, what's it called? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name. I, I can't remember for the life of me. Alright, let's see if I can't find it. I gotta I gotta look this up because this sounds insane. That's so I mean I want that card for a specific deck that I have, but wow, that is really good if if that's all you guys are saying it is. Uh, it is Delighted Halfling. Delighted yes. Green delighted. Mana for a one-two. It taps, adds one colorless. Um, you can also tap it, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast a legendary spell, and that spell can't be countered. So it's even better because you can play like the legendary sorceries and stuff and not have those countered. This is amazing. I need this for my legendary tribal deck. It's, it's a fantastic card. Wow. Uh Wow, okay. Um, that's really good. So they're printing some very, very powerful, unique cards for uh, for this Lord of the Rings set. Um, and to go into the details of this one, it's a... So they're going to release a full... I don't know how many different variants of boxes they're going to have, but they're going to have booster boxes for this modern legal set. Um, and... I don't know how many unique cards are in there, how many are reskins, as well as four commander decks with 20 unique cards in each deck. So there are going to be a lot, and I, it seems like a huge amount of new mechanically unique cards coming out with this Lord of the Rings set. Um, And it seems really cool. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, the movies. I've read The Hobbit. I really like that. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of room for error. So I'm like cautiously optimistic. I want this to go well and for it to be really liked all over. Um, but yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> I will say one thing that's interesting, you know. Um is it really going to be that much different than if just say any modern set was this pushed? Um, or is there like a different connotation to worrying about power level once you have all these unique arts from well, other IPs? The different, the, what we've seen already. And again, this could be cause they've, you know, said that they can reprint something in universes within, but I'm thinking about what's, Let's use Modern Horizons 2, for example, with Ragavan. Mm-hmm. Um, they printed Ragavan in that set, became a very expensive, very sought-after card. Um, and just recently, in uh, March of the Machine, they reprinted Ragavan with a new border, but basically getting more copies of it out there on the market. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Brought the price down a little. Still a very expensive card. Yeah, didn't help the yeah. price much, but they were able to reprint it and kind of get more product with it and it back on shelves. Yeah. And one thing is um, Delighted Halfling. That could very easily be reprinted because it says halfling it doesn't say hobbit Mm -hmm. and i think that might have been intentional maybe they just couldn't get the rights to the word uh halfling or hobbit or hobbit i I think it's intentional because hobbit is so associated with lord of the rings that it can't be duplicated without paying for the licensing over and over again I'm sure, but yeah, but because, you know, they have access to the Dungeons and Dragons IP, which halflings are a card type that have been printed already, um, you know, this could totally see. Yeah, there are, there are potentially things like this where it's like, okay, this card probably can easily see a reprint with different artwork. Um and maybe I don't know if there's flavor text on it, but if there is, yeah, there's different... there's flavor text, but the flavor text actually does mention. Hobbit so they change the flavor text. They change some of the things about the card. I think it can be reprinted without much of an issue, without changing too much. Um, the legendary creatures really is where I mean, like when it's like Frodo, Gandalf, like uh, all those characters. It's like okay, these are. Getting, uh, you can't just reprint Gandalf like. <laughs> sure, you could. It's, he's just a wizard. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying you can't reprint, but you, you'd have to change things about the card. Like, you can't call the reprint Gandalf. Oh no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to call him like, Bandalf or something. <laughs> <laughs> change the name a little bit. They, they'll never know. Uh, call him Radagast. Um, uh, no. Uh. <laughs> so there's a lot of mechanically unique cards coming and out and golf <laughs> yeah. and i like that um and i think that's the one we know most uh about because that's the one that's coming up uh the soonest i think later this year um following that there you know they've announced that there's going to be doctor who commander decks i Super think excited for it i love doctor who as a franchise they yeah i think that one could be uh really cool uh, I think I'm more excited for the Final Fantasy one. Whenever that's coming out, that's been announced, and that's that. so down the line. But I, I, I could see myself just, you know, wanting all of the Final Fantasy cards because I have gotten so into Final Fantasy uh, the past few years, um, and also Assassin's Creed. Uh, Meh. Yeah, that's cool. I, I I loved it when I was in middle school. Same here. Uh, same here. Assassin's Creed one all the way through three, and you know Brotherhood and Revelations, all of that. I enjoyed all of that. Um, Black Flag is where I kind of started to depart from the series, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it's neat. Um, but yeah, it's we'll, like we'll have to see all right. which. Like <laughs> I don't know who asked for this, know, but they right? got it. I, I, I just I wonder how they're going to. Like what they're gonna do with that? If it's gonna be like all commander decks or like, because how much Assassin's Creed can you like really turn into cardboard? You know, like I mean, you got your legendary creatures with like. Is there gonna be like an Abstergo deck and like a like a Templar deck and an Assassin's deck? Like, yeah, I guess they could could totally do that. Oh, that's gonna be. Are they doing commander decks with that? I don't know. I I haven't. I don't. I would imagine it's a secret layer. If it's a secret layer, I could easily see that. Yeah, that's super easy. I'm just thinking, like, how many times can they like? Because I feel like the the protagonists are all obviously unique in their own ways, but like, how many times can you like print the same like type of 
assassin protagonist on the same card and have it do mechanically unique things each time you know and in Fair. different colors and in different colors yeah like i, I <laughs> it's gonna be like an all black plus yeah, yeah, something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all those like are all like kind of in that color combination um so could be cool uh, I think that's pretty much everything that we know about right now as far as what's been announced and what has come out with Universes Beyond and this uh, exploration into new IPs. Um, how do you guys think that's like affected just like currently playing Magic? Are you ever like sitting at a pod with like people you don't know and they play like universes beyond cards and has that been good bad or nothing like just sure, we just played a game um the other day with a like shadows in the warp mm-hmm. um you know out on the board um actually we were playing last night and our buddy dropped a um astartes uh creature that's right i believe was that the one that gave his commander protection from everything no it was the blow up an enchantment or artifact ah. <laughs> he tried to deal with my smothering tide he could not <laughs> deal with my smothering tide you know they're strong <laughs> abilities but they're not like that mechanically unique in my opinion you know mm-hmm. like yeah it's really no different than like someone dropping a rex sage or because this was mono white uh loran of the third yeah. path precisely know. there's yeah there, and of course there's something to be said about like uh how many copies you can now run in your commander deck but i think the more relevant point is like these reprints that are uh just like they're, they're not that good or there are other options rather um those aren't the ones that i think could cause the most problems it's like the mechanically unique ones the ones that combo off with one or two other cards like and there you know there's a few of those in each of these uh maybe not every single one of these secret layers or universes beyond ones but um you know there's there's some some pretty good cards like uh you mentioned shadows in the warp yeah. um that's an amazing card i i really mm-hmm. enjoy and not that it's like necessarily great to play against it but i think it's a like a good card to just have like be a design like i i've i've enjoyed playing against it it's been like oppressive but not so oppressive and seems like it's really uh what does the card do again so it whenever i think an opponent plays their first non-creature spell it deals two damage to them i think it's any non-creature spell it deals two damage to them okay Oh, is it any or the first one? No, it, I think it's like it gives a discount on uh, that player on the owner's um, first non-creature spell, and then so yeah, so the first creature spell you cast each turn costs two less to cast. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, uh, Shadow in the Warp deals two damage to that player. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That 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 is a very gruel card. Oh, and it's only three mana. Yeah, wow, no, I it's, really it's an expensive card though. It's going for uh, around uh, eight, uh, 17, 18 yeah. bucks on uh, TCG Play. Yeah, that's one of the big ones from the uh, Warhammer uh, Commander decks that uh, is kind of creeping up in price. And I'm hoping they reprint it soon because like this card is very fun to play against and just have on the board. And if more people have access to that, then we get more games with a card like that in there. I think you're going to have to wait for them to stop having stock available for the commander decks in the first place before we see a reprint. We'll see what they end up doing. Yeah, I, I just I just hope that at some point they, they do reprint it because it is... Uh, 
a pretty cool uh pretty cool card but um yeah it hasn't i i mean in my experience i don't think i've noticed it um being an issue i mainly play commander and a very little bit of popper but um i haven't noticed an issue in many of the games i've played like sometimes like somebody plays like a a universes beyond card and i'm like oh that's so cool can i take a look but like it's it's mostly like a positive thing right now i think and i i've enjoyed that i uh you know it's like card prices are an issue but that is that can be said about products within wizard's own ip that just like it's cards can get crazy expensive um but yeah like your experience been pretty much the same, Ron? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've personally been a fan of certain secret layers where I can fit them in, and if, especially if I really like the IP, you know, like I also did miss out on that Fortnite uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Battle Royale just because I think it's so goofy to be able to play these things. So I've, I've definitely been a, a, a proponent of a lot of these, and we have another friend in our playgroup who actually built a Megatron deck, mm-hmm. and that's kind of his high power deck when we want to bring out the big guns and yeah it's a really cool deck and he somehow still managed to get it very flavorful because of all those secret layers that they released alongside so yeah. he has megatron in the command zone but he can also bring out another megatron oh. from the deck because it's reskinned out blightsteel colossus oh Ugh. wow that's really cool <laughs> yeah and and i think i don't know i don't remember exactly what they reprinted but everything in the deck that could go in there went in there and it feels right you know it doesn't feel like totally out of place and I I thought it's cool and I've always been a person who's also kind of wanted to like proxy up different arts for my commanders uh my one of the first pre-cons i got was uh davy uh sorry it was Raynar, the ever watchful who <laughs> i proxied as davy jones from spongebob and that made me love the deck so no i think much it's the more. other way around you your commander was davy jones and right. you at first had a proxy of Ranar for it that, yeah exactly that, that davy jones proxy was so good i i i remember hating the deck but loving <laughs> the, loving the proxy so much yeah for real <laughs> and that was back when we were like playing all low lower power stuff so i was like you know i was mad about a ranar deck like that was <laughs> hey, that was not uh, even that bad. i eventually i i put a lot of powerful proxies in there that, yeah and that yeah. was like a huge warp in how we started playing definitely yeah rings on the power creep um so with our like you know we don't have as much experience in this game as some people but um i'm curious like with what we've seen in our time playing magic and our time being like just aware because i mean if you think about it basically the entire time we've been playing magic the gathering universes beyond has existed in one form or another um and i know that you know it's a fairly new thing so what uh, what do you guys see moving forward with it? Like, has it been that big of an issue for you so far? Is it going to continue to be a good thing or a bad thing or change? I think that it's kind of still too early to tell because they're pushing some of the products a little bit in weird directions, mm-hmm. you know, like secret layers and then doing a universes within not so much of a problem mm-hmm. you know the reskins definitely not a problem mm-hmm. but like you do bring up good points about like the lord of the rings set where we have an entire set that's going to be like modern legal 
Not well, modern is an eternal format, so it's not that bad. But like, I I just think like some of the unique cards, you know, like could become problematic mm -hmm. um, for universes within down the line. But you know, it's it, it's interesting, is really what it is. You yeah. know, yeah. What do you um, think, Ron? Sort of uh, same here. I mean, uh, I I think I do have a bit of a speculation that I kind of may make. Um, I don't know whether it's really going to happen, but I could potentially see it. Like we talked about. Fortnite a bit how you know like oh mm -hmm. like eventually you know a Fortnite is sort of a catch-all sort of IP that has like a whole bunch of other things in it and sort of brings them together to give you these sort of fun ridiculous moments and I wouldn't be surprised if you know Wizards of the Coast continues to lean into this and sort of maybe while I don't think Magic the Gathering will get to the point where Fortnite is where it's basically entirely comprised of other IPs and that basically is the story um, you know, I think that they definitely want to have these battles where I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to play a deck where I can have, uh, I don't know, Daryl from The Walking Dead ride in Optimus Prime while shooting, <laughs> um, you know, while while winning with a victory royale in yes. Fortnite, you know, and I can totally see um, people leaning into that. I think it's fun. Yeah. I, I don't want it to replace Magic Story, which I've grown to... Uh, like uh, over <laughs> yeah. the years and um yeah you know i i think that there is a lot of potential growth and as i said it's going to bring a lot of people in so i wouldn't be surprised if they continue to lean into this and kind of don't hold the brakes and maybe they'll get bigger and bigger properties and one day they might you know get disney to okay them on a marvel uh secret lair mm -hmm. or a dc secret lair from warner brothers with lord Kana coming up well i was I gonna say I, yeah i think disney's a long shot just because they're doing their own tcg fair um, fair but and if you look at some of the cards they're it's like a kind of a very blatant magic ripoff <laughs> ah <laughs> <laughs> i haven't uh looked into it too much so Maybe Marvel might be a stretch, but still, you can get yeah. real other really big IPs. Oh, I mean, I would love to see like a Batman IP. Um... Have you guys ever? You guys have watched the Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny, right? Oh my God, yeah, no? dude, you, you haven't. No? This is the Ultimate Showdown, dude. What? <laughs> Good guys, bad guys, I, 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 and I feel so lost. <laughs> I feel like you're the one person who should know about this. Like, this was a thing on YouTube. Is that, is that an old? joke <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even a joke it's just that Cody's no old. he's just calling me old <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like a classic old like dude YouTube we're, video. we're showing you after this like it is like Ron knows, but like getting all the I, could, get all the I like I could oh, see man. like that that almost being like a game of magic where it's totally. like you just have all these different IPs and crossovers just all fighting against each other <laughs> and one person standing at the end, you know, like but um it, it gives me that kind of vibe and there and there's something that I, I really do enjoy about that. I think there is so much good that can come from expanding this into other ips and getting more uh just cool unique cards that really signify uh specific characters that people have uh come to grow and love and there's such a it's such a good entry point for people to get into magic i 
I think there's a lot of positives to be taken away from it. Um, I'm really wary about how this is going and how fast it's seeming to be moving. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, just a few years ago, right? This was just an idea starting out. Um, And it's gotten to the point where there are already... uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're pretty close to saying hundreds of unique, uh, I mean, Warhammer I, alone, Warhammer alone's over a hundred, but then we add in like Lord of the Rings and then we add in Doctor Who and then we add in Final Fantasy and whatever's next. And, um, you know, the, there are a few problems that I see coming with all of that. One is obviously the accessibility, but that's a problem that runs through all of magic, um, certain cards just don't get reprinted enough. You know, there's the reserve list, which is never going to be reprinted allegedly, except for proxies. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, there's uh, all kinds of uh, stuff like that that may or may not get reprints and all kinds of, like, speculation that could happen on the market. And basically, Magic Card's too expensive. And I don't think... While I, while I love this idea or, or this in theory, I think there's just a lot more inaccessibility that comes with it. Like right now we can say like, oh, like I want to get this like Street Fighter card. It's like a uh, Ryu card for however much. I, I'm guessing it's not more than $10 right now, but we can look it up if you want. Let's say Ryu's like $5 right sure. now. And someone's like you know, love Street Fighter and is getting into Magic the Gathering and they're like, great, let me pick up Ryu. But, um, you know, what's what's that going to look like in in 10 years? You know, like, because of the vast volume of secret layers that are being printed, like maybe just all of them kind of tank in price at some point. But, um, you know, if if one of these cards, what was it? Three and a half Three and a half dollars. Although, so, to be fair, that's a non-foil. Yeah, but let's say three and a half dollars. Oh, no, no, that's the foil. Okay, great. <laughs> you that's the mean foil. the Pringle. <laughs> the Pringle is... Hey, so, hey, mine's been living in a deck box. So, it's tight. you know, someone's played Ryu all their life, whatever, and gets into Magic, and they can pick up Ryu for under three dollars. Like, awesome. That's amazing. And I love that for all of these. But I'm concerned that one day, and I don't know if it's going to be like distant or close or whatever, but it's just a concern that I have that one day this mechanic, like not mechanically unique, but, um, you know, unique character because they can't reprint Ryu again, unless they do another street fighter secret lair, Mm -hmm. um, is going to be really sought after because it was print to order. Um, and asking a crazy high, price for it and you can get the non-ryu version of it but that person who like plays street fighter and and wants to play with ryu like okay now are they going to drop 30 bucks for example this isn't right sure real but i i think and we kind of touched on it in some other areas but i think that with the magic 30 um like issue where Mm. you know they printed out a bunch of proxies that were way overpriced. I think it's gonna you're gonna see a shift in mentality for a lot of Magic players, and like accessibility might not even be that big of an issue. Where you know, like if you have access to like a printer or a website, you know, 
you yeah. can uh, make a special <laughs> version of it, if you will. <laughs> it's still a and and I I agree that like proxies should be more I guess accepted and especially now that Wizards is trying to sell everyone proxies. Um, but you know that's still a step that someone's gonna have to at some point learn about, right? Where if if you're just starting getting into magic and it's like I want. Ryu and it's like okay Ryu three dollars okay here's three dollars give me Ryu great versus I want Ryu okay Ryu thirty five dollars what magic cards can be that expensive like and then it's like am I well, really wanting to get into this game and it, it's it's almost like a, a a point where it could be way more um, accessible regardless they they could design it to make it instantly accessible. Um, or just have it printed more readily in some kind of non-print-to-order thing, which Ron had mentioned they're, they're, they may be changing to some extent. I think uh, with the announcement of the new Secret Lair uh, Commander deck that they're uh -huh. uh, producing, yeah, they want to avoid what happened with the Coin Flip deck. Which took like a year to... A little over a year to geez. ship to my house, yep. Well, I was also going to say, I don't know if you've noticed, but in a lot of like LGSs... Um, they have like a box of secret layer envelopes, you know, where they're just sealed and, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've seen so it like, they're they're kind of like even the secret layers are kind of becoming a little more accessible even after the fact, you know. Like we might start seeing some stuff like that going on too, where if secret layers like start to lower in value on a mass scale, I think that would be like, I mean. You know, probably wouldn't be good for Wizards of the Coast in their future prospects for printing more secret layers, but I think it would be great for accessibility purposes. Like now, you know, getting a secret layer goes from like, oh, do I want to like wait three or four months and drop like $40, $50, you know, $30, $40, whatever it is, versus like maybe you go to an LGS, they have the secret layer and they're selling it for like whatever people will buy it for I think and it's like 45 at the moment depends on which one really yeah, yeah it depends on which one reprints but if it starts to get to that point like i'm all for like bunch of secret layers bunch of universes beyond re like available for really cheap the i guess the concern that i have moving forward is how they're gonna um manage that because there's a lot of ways where if they just kind of say whatever like problems start arising already there's a lot of like um ju just additional confusion added to certain cards with potentially them changing uh certain creature types and like we were saying in in a practical game of magic the gathering that could cause like certain creatures that have different types to be considered the same type and there's a lot of cards that care about creature types um same can be said for taking cards out of a deck that have a certain name. Like, uh, there's like a, a card that costs like uh, one black Phyrexian mana, and it's like remove all versions of or all of the cards with the same name from a deck. You know what I'm talking about? Surgical, Surgical extraction. Yeah. yeah, that applies if you have like. Uh, uh, which one did you say this was? Uh, that was Blanca. If you have a Blanca and you have a Howling Abomination of the deck, now you Surgical Extraction, someone who has both in the deck, 
but they're like, oh, they're different names. But technically, under the rules, I at least I think they're the same name, right? So surgical extraction would... Yeah, but that's really only a problem for, what, two formats, I want to say? Um, legacy and Vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you can actually run four of them in a deck, if, if possible, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I guess tabletop, like, or, or just, like, not, like, kitchen table magic. It's just kind of, like whatever goes goes and who maybe sometimes it's fine if people don't know the the howling abomination yeah, is the I, same I mean, as blanca kitchen table was how i got into it right. and you know we played with rules that you know like are definitely not rules yeah and we, you just made do with it and it like you kind of end up balancing it out anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you learn and yeah and anyways, you know yeah. as you get more you know like into the uh, game and like playing with wider people, you know, like you really do just learn so much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, the deeper you get into it, the more you learn, the more you are comfortable researching. And honestly, I think the more money you're willing to spend, yeah. but it really is like those, the people just getting into the game, which, uh, I, I'm, I'd be more worried about with this, like just, I maybe like showing a negative light right off the bat about the game as a whole and like kind of how, how expensive cards can be sometimes. So, but again, like I think that's, that's one problem I have. I don't think it's definitely going to be an issue. I think, you know, if, if certain things aren't thought about, if certain considerations aren't made um, there, you know, it could potentially spiral off into an issue there well and i i also had another thought about it Mm because you were talking about creature types Mm -hmm. there's tons of cards in the history of magic that have all been macerated to change their type you know Tyraxian, um ape right falcons ape ape and monkey versus like summon gorillas Yeah. yeah um i have hounds are all dogs right yeah i have my bird deck once Eagles again. Eagles and falcons. Are falcons, birds. like yeah, I have my commander Soraya the falconer. It says on there falcons get plus one plus one. That has been changed to now say birds get plus one plus one. Um, so it's not even uncommon for things in the history of magic to go back and macerata mm-hmm. to fit you know a new mechanic that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like in the future when, you know, they if they reprint these Astartes um, creatures or if they just want to go back and change the creature type so that, you know, it it can be more applicable with something else, you know, like soldier or yeah. knight or something to that effect. I think this kind of takes me into my second concern that I have about all of this is the confusion that comes from it. And right now, we're pretty versed in everything. Generally, we can do a Google search if we don't know something and figure out what it means. Is it another version of this card? Is it something completely different? Has something been eroded? All of that stuff. But um, I think it's uh, something that, you know, you bring up is there's already a lot of confusing things in Magic the Gathering and in Commander specifically even, like reading the card in certain cases doesn't always explain the card. <laughs> like what's the card that I, I got, uh, it's like blessing or something. And it just has like one white mana. And then it just says plus one, plus one. 
And it does <laughs> like it just says that in the rules text and that, nothing. That's like an old card. I know, though. I know. I'm just using oh, it as an man. example sure. to like that card. But um, but like there's already so much confusion in Magic. Is it a good thing to move forward and continue to add more confusion and more creature type changes and more of uh, the same card printed twice but with different names and they don't say they're the same card but they technically are like is it, it it's kind of one of those things where right now like i mentioned uh, there's no problems like i i don't think any of us have had and and i could be wrong like maybe there's something that someone listening has had a issue with and I'd be curious to hear about that. So you should definitely reach out to us in one of our various ways. But um, I, you know, I've never had an experience where it's like, oh, this is a universe is beyond card that I have a problem with um, on a logistic scale or otherwise. But if, you know, the trend keeps continuing, more universes beyond cards keep getting printed, more mechanically unique cards get printed, things get reprinted, they have different names now i mean i could see the you know the game maybe kind of turning into a a bit of a mess um down the line with just if if it keeps happening you know and in mass um another layer to this i just want to add on real quick is that we already have certain cards that have different names but mechanically do the same thing like village rights and Corrupted Conviction, uh, essentially the exact same card with different names, but you can add four each of those into a deck, whereas some of these Secret Lair Universes Beyond versus Universes Within cards, you can only have a total of four in a deck. Um, with this kind of, with, with both things continuing to happen and this kind of just continuing to be more and more of a trend, I think the biggest concern I have is that things just start to become like you know you need like the internet to build your deck like we kind of do already but like you need it to like determine how many of this card can i have is this the same card as this card does it count um you know people could make errors in deck building and that could cause certain in commander or otherwise just game outcomes to happen that wouldn't normally happen it's another thing I'm concerned about with this whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, like one interesting thing that I was kind of thinking about in regards to the problems you were saying is, you know, I, I think there may actually be a solution to all of this. Um, Wizards of the Coast, if you hear this and you like this, reach out to us, sponsor us, uh, let us work for you. That'd be awesome. Can we have free cardboard? Please. Uh, <laughs> but what if all universes, what if universes beyond became its own regularly released set, just like modern sets or something? Oh, or like, what about the core sets that were released? Um, are you talking yeah. just like more reprints? Or, of- or basically, yeah, like, like, a, like reprints of all the, old available secret layers to like, like the walking dead and okay, stuff. Well, and they can also reintroduce new cards through that. And because it's so readily available, you don't need to reprint them in other sets of different names. So that was the initial issue is they only have these IPs for a certain amount of time or for a certain product release. Right. So I do actually have an idea that's kind of, I think think would fix this mm-hmm. and be very simple to do. 
Um, so like with the reskins, there's typically a box underneath the name of the card that says what card it's replacing for inside of Magic's universe. Mm -hmm. So I think on like these secret layers or like the commander decks, um, you could uh, put down like a name that you're going to give it for universes within, um, it, like under the card name. So then like, you know, as you pull these cards, it says, you know, like, like, let's use the Stranger Things one, for example. Um, you know, there's Will the Wise. And then underneath it, it would say, um, what's the one card? It's uh, Warnog. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so, you know, automatically you're getting the secret layer. There's no confusion that this is going to be Warnog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they had the name even printed on the secret layer of what the universes within counterpart would be, or one or the other has the name on it, that would, I feel like, solve all of that. And they wouldn't even have to, you know, like, have the cards ready to be printed for universes within. Just give it a name that you would call it, and... So, one thing I'm noticing, I actually looked up Wernog and Will the Wise, and it's not as clear as actually having a name, which I think would be the most optimal solution but in the bottom left corner on will the wise it says 347 sld which is secret layer drop and i think the distinction is just number 347 on wernog uh it says equals sld 347 which huh. is a way that you can tell but would not be like it's not intuitive it's not intuitive at all it's like a marker for like if somebody actually was like oh no like see and on this you'll see equals on on the bottom we have a uh, what card is that run uh in uh, blanca uh ferocious whatever but the card i'm looking at now is the howling abomination the howling abomination yeah on the bottom of that it says equals r equal yeah r equals sld 431 yep so it's it's a distinction that they have chosen to put on the card but i don't think it's enough of one and i think what you're saying with the names uh would really would really help that out at least to just get rid of some of the confusion that could come from this all moving forward i like the idea too of at some point in time releasing a whole because there is a, probably enough to release a whole set of universes within counterparts of cards or maybe like some kind of like bundle thing that has like all of these universes within reprints um because then the accessibility, at least, is a little more um, uh, available. And maybe, potentially, they could have like some kind of literature in that bundle that could be like, okay, the Howling Abomination equals Blanca, or mm -hmm. whatever the counterpart, uh, Will the Wise equals Wernock, just so that people getting that product can know what cards they're coming from. I, I really like, you know, again, I love the universe is beyond idea and how it um grows the whole community and i love just like mashing up random things in weird ways but uh yeah i i just i hope that it continues on a positive trend and a positive path and um things are being considered because it i think walking down this path you need to be very careful with what gets printed and how mm -hmm. um do you guys have anything else to throw in about what like advantages, disadvantages you think could come from uh, the future of uh, you know universes beyond? 
Um, I mean, I'm liking th- these commander decks. I think they do a really good job like balancing them. Mm-hmm. And I think that it offers opportunities to reprint a lot of like staples that are, you know, like extra valuable that they can kind of bring the price down a little or like just give it a functional reprint, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and personally, like I think that the secret layer and like the commander decks offer like a different point too that we kind of didn't bring up where you're guaranteed to get these cards whereas like when you do it in like a standard set or anything like that mm-hmm. um you know you're gambling to get mm-hmm. the card so yeah. it still may not be as accessible as you might want it to be yeah like with the transformer sets you know like mm-hmm. if you were hunting down a specific card you had to crack a lot of packs yeah yeah I get you know, that. Yeah. Whereas like a secret layer or the commander decks, you just go in and buy the deck and you have it already. I do I do like that there are at least to some extent products offered that are um, you know, you you know what you're getting right away. There's no gambling aspect to it. Um and I think that's good that they're offering those, yeah. Um Hopefully they can continue op- to mm. offer those at reasonable prices. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers but... <laughs> crossed. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to go back to the question, um, the only kind of concern I have going forward, because um, you know, outside of a gameplay standpoint, what is like, like if Wizards of the Coast does decide to go a lot more into the universes beyond and decide to make it, let's say, a core set or, or whatever, or if they decide to focus printing more of these, at what point is it going to cost um, the original sort of story and IP of Magic the Gathering itself that has, you know, so many decades of lore built up to it? Well, the, you know, with printing universes within cards, I would assume it's like a story separate product you know like i I, i'm just making you know assumptions on an assumption but like (laughs) if if they were to like you know continue to reprint universes within cards at a at a reasonable um amount uh like i would assume that it wouldn't have to directly tie in with the story but yeah at some point like you know you're just gonna see mass volumes of like I mean, I don't even know where the Howling Abomination is from, story-wise, but, like... Yeah, it's, it's just, supposed like, to be... Like, this human mutant monster thing Yeah, and it's considered a human still, which is weird, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was a bit of an interesting... Maybe Ikoria? I don't, I, I don't know. That, that was the hard one. Does Ikoria have elves? It gives me, like, in uh, elves. I, I think, okay, if it's Stranger elves Things there, is Innistrad. I do know that one. Right. Yeah. It, it has that general vibe. This one is so generic, I mean, though. Like, this maybe is also Dominaria. Maybe one. Yeah. So maybe Mirrodin? I, I could see Dominaria. Dominaria probably, makes like, sense. It looks like it's probably Dominaria. I, I think maybe the Howling Abomination might be the wrong one to try to figure out because, like, there. there were the other secret <laughs> layer yeah, right. ones, um, you know, the other Street Fighter cards that were also reprinted that no, might I give us a better to, clue. I think the Howling Abomination is the one we need to figure out, actually. this art is so it looks like a crab but it doesn't have the crab creature type anyways um yeah it might be cool to figure out where they're from but um 
These look pretty Dominaria. Yeah, they look kind of generically Dominaria. Looking at Zephy, yeah. Arcane, Blademaster, who is the proxy of Chun-Li. I was looking at the Ryu proxy, and or the Ryu universes within. Yeah, I'm like, Vikia. yeah, this this one, uh, Zephy, Arcane, Blademaster, still a human soldier, you know? She looks like some kind of, like, spell blade or yeah. some two swords, and there's a book. You know, it looks pretty Dominaria. Yeah, but yeah, basically, they could just make all of these universes within things just, like, things on Dominaria and I think people would be like, oh, okay, that's Magic the Gathering enough. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, if you guys uh, don't have any other thoughts on uh, like the advantages and disadvantages, I wanted to end on kind of an interesting question that I want to ask you guys. Um, so I want to know like if you had to choose three uh, universes beyond things that happen next... What would you choose? And it doesn't have to be in any particular order. You want to start, Cody? Um, I mean, the first one off the top of my head would be Batman. I just think, mm-hmm. like, the villains, the heroes, the way that it's all set up would be just incredible. And yeah. you can make some very, like, unique cards that also still fit mechanically with magic without like breaking anything yeah um that that's just the first one that comes to mind um yeah yeah it's hard it's hard (laughs) he kind of put us on the spot i did i did (laughs) what about you ron do you have any um one one that i thought of you know i think mortal Kombat would be pretty cool yeah Yeah, it'd be very fitting kind of like street fighter but the art seems a bit more in line you know yeah Uh, i don't know how gory they'd be allowed to get with it but i think they have some surgical extraction is a card yeah they've got some pretty creepy uh (laughs) pretty mature art so yeah you know i think it'd be awesome to have um yeah, you know, like I mentioned, mono red scorpion, mono blue sub zero. Could you imagine if they reprinted surgical extraction, but it's sub zero's fatality? Oh, <laughs> just oh. pulling out. Yeah, someone's just pulling spine. out someone's oh. spine. <laughs> yeah, so so many really cool things you can do with that. So uh-huh. uh, that that's that's one that I thought of. Mortal Kombat would be amazing. I'll, how about we do this? We just kind of rotate around. Sure, until we let's run just out of bounce ideas. around. Yeah, I, and it's funny because both uh, Batman and um, Mortal Kombat is the same. You know, Warner Brothers. So yeah, if they got access to one, they could do the other. I. I mentioned this to you guys earlier. I would love to see some kind of Metroid secret lair because I've really been into the old Metroid games recently. Um, I feel like there's such a deep kind of atmosphere and lore that they could build off to make some extremely cool cards, like everything from equipment to different creature types to um, just all kinds of like unique things. And uh that one would definitely be a little. I mean, like, I don't know if Nintendo would be too keen on. Uh... Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty <laughs> tight with their IP. But yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see something with Metroid in it. Samus, um, particularly. I, I I just kind of thought about it, but I think like a One Punch Man would be oh. really funny <laughs> and cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Like, that's cool. you know, there's a lot of different ways that you could go about it. You know, you could do some monsters. You could do some humans with. You know like weird ability you know they have like robots too like constructs yeah yeah i think it would be a really interesting one that would be kind of funny oh my god could you imagine if they like made like what's the main character saitama Saitama, like 
like as soon as he hits you, you lose the game. Like you oh, just like, combat damage, you're dead. Or he just has like twenty power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I I, I thought of one. Uh, Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Would that be would be yeah. really cool. Um, I actually saw one thing. I don't remember the name of it, but someone made their own set block of Star Wars, and they have like links so that you can proxy it all up and everything. Mm-hmm. And from what I heard, it's really fleshed out. They have like you know like Bant. Jedi, uh, which yeah. is blue, green, white, uh, red, black, blue, Grixis, Sith Lords, and then there's like five color Republic, and mm. it's just kind of you can build all these archetypes. Yeah, like black, blue, white, the CIS, the Confederacy, yeah. uh, for Esper. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I could see so much with that, and I'm I'm just such a Star Wars nerd. Too. Star Wars would be incredible, but that's another Disney one that probably be pretty hard to get. That's probably gonna be in uh, locked behind uh, locked behind the mouse. Mouse's key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the mouse's vault. The mouse's vault. Um, one of the ones I was thinking of after you said One Punch Man is like, I would love to see a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That no. would be so cool. No. Like the stands? The stands. No. I know the stands could be auras. Like, oh my or God. You, and you could only equip one of them at a time. Or, or, or you could do yeah. like choose a stand. Yes. Like, Command like with the background. auras. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so excited for this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that doesn't exist. I think, I think there should be a counter spell called Muro Muro Muro. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much you could do with that too, because they like there's so many characters, and each one is like has unique powers and are so developed, and um, even so many like different eras of that show where it goes from like you know just completely different stuff going on. So. I would I I think that'd be such a deep one to explore. Um uh, Elder Scrolls would be a cool one. Oh, oh don't God. get me started, boy. You, you, you oh, can have don't a card. Get me started. Jen has wares if you have coin. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they, I, there could be like a whole like construct thing with the Dwemer, and yep. there could be like you know like all the different factions of the races, like orcs. Those are things that are not too friendly. Um, they could maybe just reflavor Khajiit's cats. Yes. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you have all the different types of humans, uh, and maybe there can be unique subtypes, like you know, like Nord human, uh-huh. or like Imperial uh-huh. human, Redguard yeah. human, whatever. Definitely. Uh, one that I actually, um, oh, crap. I, I, I literally just, I, I had it, I had it for a brief moment, and it vanished. Oh, GI Joe. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of GI Joe. That was one of like my original favorite things. They they already got Transformers down, which was another childhood classic of mine. But GI Joe doesn't need to be a set. Doesn't need to be Commander decks. Just like a secret lair. You know, give yeah. me Snake Eyes. Give me Duke. Give me Cobra Commander. Give me Destro, Storm Shadow. Let's go. That's five cards and and maybe like a Scarlet Secret uh, for the secret card or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's classic. It's cool. Um, yeah. Just personal preference. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking of, and I think it'd be like a total sellout, but I almost want to see it because it would be as a Monopoly secret lair or like a Monopoly <laughs> I, versus I would, Beyond. I would buy, I, I think I showed you, I, I found a deck box on Ultra Pro that looked like the jail oh uh, thing. God. And I wanted to do that for my Azorius deck, but it sold out before I, I pulled the trigger. But yeah. yeah, you know, I'm thinking of all the like smothering type, type stuff, oh, things yeah. you can do with like treasures. Yeah, you community could, uh, chest dice rolling <laughs> all kinds of lands could you imagine if you have like three lands that like kind of like the um the 
what a Tron lands like the oh Earth yeah lands, yes. but like you have them as properties oh so, like, so you have like uh, so Bard Walk yeah, and like park and, uh, park plays right and if you have both of them on the board they like give you a lot of resources or something oh my god that wait be great. that would be amazing you know I what just I just realized that. I think it'd be cool but I think realistically what they would do is something almost like attractions where it's like a every every not necessarily a separate deck but cards that are be like on every each person's upkeep you roll a die and based off of what cards you have in play uh it'll make it more or less likely that they land on it that will give you some advantage do you guys ever play monopoly deal uh is that the card that's one? the card i game. played okay. one time with you and your friend yeah we, you, you've brought it over a couple times there's there's a lot i i, I play that card game and i just like there's so many times where I like start thinking about like, ooh, this this card says like draw a card. This is like a blue card. And I'm like, it says what if, draw a card. Like, what it must if, be uh, magic. What if like <laughs> they like directly converted like those concepts to like pass go draw a card. It's like a blue like brainstorm type thing or something. Oh man, I I think Monopoly has a lot of like potential and be goofy sellouty kind of thing that i'd actually kind of be like i love it is it hasbro's property too i believe monopoly is uh hasbro Hasbro. i I think that's one of their bigger ones but i don't know for sure um but yeah any any final ones you guys can think of oh I'm sure after we stop recording. Yeah, we'll they're all going to come to yeah. me after we're done recording. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to like post some stuff about which ones we really wanted to. Maybe. Tell us which, uh, yeah. secret, or which universes beyond IPs you'd like to see. <laughs> yeah. Send us those with whatever we end up having as a messaging platform. Comment, like, subscribe, email, uh, share retweet um, message retweet. in a bottle <laughs> message in a bottle yeah um, up our dms pi- give us a, a carrier pigeon um and Th- throw a brick through our window <laughs> yeah play a boom box outside like, <laughs> in the rain <laughs> get the message across somehow and uh maybe we'll bring that up in a in a future episode but uh yeah i think that's all we got today for uh universes beyond definitely uh a big subject and we'll have to see how it moves forward but i'm excited to see what happens next so excited for these new doctor who decks i really just can't even uh, begin <laughs> yes let's see if we can't recreate the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny yes oh my <laughs> god we're gonna go show cody that right now all right this is us signing out see you later later in a while bye